is Alex Hermosi's $100 million advice, beliefs, and mindset. Legit? Does it work or is it absolute BS? Find out on today's episode of the Knowledge Boner Experience. What's up, guys? Welcome to the show. Uh, very interesting topic today. Um, <clears throat> this one is definitely needed to come for a while. Um, just to give some context, we're going to be covering whether you agree or disagree, the, the polarizing beliefs and topics from an entrepreneur who is literally on the rise right now, getting a lot of attention. Um, and that, that entrepreneur is by the name of Alex Hermosi. Um, what's interesting and in, in giving our feedback on this is um, all of our mentors are actually you know, connected with, uh, with Hermosi. Uh, so we'll kind of dive into that there before we kind of give into the, uh, the beliefs and, and share our thought process on everything that he covers. <clears throat> We'll, we'll kind of dive into that first. So, you know, my mentor actually, you know, I'm in, I'm in his mastermind. We've talked about him on the previous episode, uh, Sharon, I've had him on the show. Absolutely amazing. He's good friends with Hermosi. He, he's always had nothing but nice things to say about him. I know they do a lot of like real estate deals in the back end. Um, your mentor, um, Fung, I believe also did the marketing for him in the past, right? Right. And so there was a, yes, I, I don't know when exactly that Hermosi and Kevin had partnered up, but it, I know it was probably during the gym launch days. And uh, what he was doing was creating the Hydra, right? I mean, that's like pretty much the, the strategy that he came up with uh, with several people. And I know that's like one of the things that he was probably doing with gym launch and stuff. Um, I don't know exactly when they started working together. All I remember is seeing a photo on Kevin's um, this, when he first started posting on here, I'll have to find the photo itself, but it actually shows Leela and Alex Hermosi sitting on the couch, like right in front of um, Kevin Hutto. Gotcha. And then, uh, Wally, I think your, your, your sensei, Jason, was under the tutelage of Alex, right? Wasn't he like also mentoring your mentor? Yep. Yeah, they were definitely, uh, I don't know exactly like the, what, what the extent was, but they're mm -hmm. definitely uh, business mentors for sure. Um, you know, in terms of like my interaction with Alex, not a lot, but we did consult with him a lot in our sales systems for chat and then different things that we, that we should expect in like the sales process and simplifying things and that kind of stuff in the sales process. So definitely a lot of sales mentorship for sure from the Hermosi demand. Cool. So, I mean, if you're new, if you're new to the show, welcome. <clears throat> the entire purpose of this show, especially if you're in the entrepreneur world, is to give you the 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 pros, the cons, the the both sides of the story of beliefs when it comes out there. You know, in the world of marketing, everyone's always throwing rocks at each other, talking about different concepts, and sometimes that can leave you paralyzed. And it's better to kind of see both sides of the coin so that you can have that aha moment in your brain, right? And on this show, we deem those aha moments when that light bulb goes off. We call that a knowledge boner. A knowledge boner moment. So goal today is to give you as many knowledge boner moments as possible. Um, when we dive into these beliefs, I want all three of us to take out the bias, knowing that uh, our mentors are all have a great relationship with Alex Ramosi. You know, I want to keep it our down to our actual like experiences and personal opinions as if that did not exist for the sake of the show and everyone here and, and dive into it. Right. So which, you know, for context, if you guys don't know who this guy is, uh, let me, let me share my screen real quick. I mean, definitely check out his channel. Very, very interesting. Um, uh, everything he has up here, uh, let me pull up his channel. Like, so you literally can go to, go to YouTube, search Alex Ramosi, tons of content, tons of videos, very, very polarizing individual. I mean, this guy is throwing rocks at internet marketers at, uh, things like, 
<laughs> mindset, affirmations, like the, the whole shebang, literally taking the whole internet world and flipping it on its head and, and trying to bring everything back to business, which I, I absolutely uh, uh, respect about him. But <clears throat> so one of the one of the first key things, right, that he talks about in terms of beliefs and mindset is uh, this concept known as an anti-routine. So Hermosi believes that the, the reason why billionaires are the, as successful as they are, you know, for him doing a portfolio of $100 million, that you should first focus on something deemed as an anti-routine, not having a normal routine, right? Only just focusing on your main priorities, right? Now, what's interesting with this concept that I know a lot of people listening to this would struggle with, <clears throat> which I, I know I will, is, is the whole anti-routine movement um, in terms of prior prioritization, he says that you cannot have two things as a priority, like period, like, like two things cannot be equal, right? If something's at 51% or 50, like the 51% automatically is more important, right? You cannot have it as equally importance, but thus here's where the struggle is with this, where people are listening. Cause I already know it's going to come up even in y'all's two case, right? Y'all juggling different businesses. You have different stuff going on with your family and, and everything. Right. But by, by means of this, it would mean you would have so much of a, of, of a focus that if something between y'all's businesses and everything you have in project isn't equally important, that means you must say no and put everything else on the back burner. And it just, you just, it just, you cut it. Right. So thus lies the predicament. You see what I'm saying? Right. So it's cool in theory. And, but I, you know, I love y'all's perspective on this because you know, here's a guy who's on the rise, following the footsteps of billionaires. And, and, and I've heard from billionaires too, that having routine is important, right? So what, what are y'all's thought on this, on the, the anti-routine movement, not having a routine? And uh, I, I like y'all's feedback on this. Gotcha. You want to uh, go first? Oh, you got it, bro. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll hop in a little bit on here uh, for that because because um, I can agree with both sides of like having a routine and then not having a routine. But I think it comes, I think it goes a little bit deeper into that. Um, because if you look at like Hermosi himself, you know, I think it's the habits that you build, right? And then just like the thought philosophy that you're really like trying to implement, you know, billionaires will tell you, or, you know, multimillionaires and billionaires will tell you, you know, having an hour in the beginning of your day as a, a way to like keep yourself grounded and those types of things and like get your day started. I think that's important to an extent. Now, should it be a whole hour? I don't, I don't know because, you know, I, I'm still in this phase of like trying to figure out a different routine and those types of things myself. So my, my routine of like in the morning changes quarter by quarter based on like how I need to do things. Um, yeah, so I, I like Hermosi's thing because he's you know he's just straight straight to work, right? And he's I think he's just built a habit into his system. Like the moment he gets up, um, and he's just been in this this game for a while that he's finally built that thing of like you know what I probably wasted a lot of time trying to figure out a morning routine, and I could have just started taking action. Right? So in terms of routine, so he he does say like you know he wakes up you know, attack, he does do the whole, like, I wake up at 4am and I'm going to attack the, the number one priorities of the day. Like that's un, uninterrupted yep. time in terms of, if you want to deem so-and-so that being a routine, just going in and taxing, yep. but this whole thing is more action over everything else. Um, yep. but okay. So just play devil's advocate to this. Let's say you guys had a coaching call with them, like you and Wally, and he looked at your entire list of tasks. Cause I know I I'll be honest with you, everyone listening, I would struggle with this. I a hundred percent would. 
And he saw everything on y'all's plate, like the stuff you guys are doing with the crypto community, stuff you're doing with the family stuff, stuff you're doing with your business, like all this, all the stuff, the investments and all this. And he looked at you both and he was like, hey guys, so which one of this is going to be number one priority? And y'all like, well, this one. And he actually said, cool, you know, if I can guarantee that you guys would be successful and achieve this level if you just X everything else, right? How would you guys react to that? And what would you do? And what would you say? Would you even do it? It's hard, like, like you know, just being vulnerable here on the show for everyone knowing, like, hundred yeah, percent. Difficult. Yeah, take that one, bro. Yeah, absolutely. So, so I think that in terms of what, like, what would I do in, in that scenario? Um, I think, I think you should always take, you should take everybody's advice, but you should take it all with a grain of salt. Meaning that, like, yes, like he's probably right in terms of that, but but he doesn't necessarily know all the things that you, that are important to you as a person. Right. For sure. You know? Um, and, and so like, if, if it's just money focused, then maybe take his advice and that's, and that's what you should do if you want to make a lot of money. You know what I mean? Um, but I think in terms of context, it was definitely has to align with, you know, what, what your goals are with your brand and that kind of thing. Right. Um, and that's probably not something that's going to come out in the initial conversation, but I do agree that, that, um, that it's important to have prioritizations and things should be more important than others. And I'll take it myself as, as a context. Actually, JC is somebody that took, took a lot of this for himself in terms of training the teams, right? Um, I think I said in the last podcast, or maybe, maybe not the last one, but I said very recently, one of the main things I learned working with JC was prioritization, right? What needs to get done today? And then what can wait till tomorrow? And then what can like, you know, you can kind of stagger out those, those priorities, right? Um, and I'll say that, that there does need to be, it's like a macro and a micro battle. Like there, there should be priorities that happen today and it should be things you take care of, like, like right in the moment. Um, but there also are, there, there's like balances with that. Right. Um, so the answer is yes, I would listen, but answer with, but listen with a grain of salt, essentially. So you would, would you, but would you implement on it? Let me be honest would you, 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 you're probably not certain things you probably wouldn't cut. Right. Yeah, there's certain things I'm not I'm not gonna cut uh, in terms of like implementation of those things. Um, but remember that like everybody, you know, they, they give you advice in, in terms of their worldview, which is which is great. But yeah. but they their mm. mission and goal is not what your mission and goal is. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so so you you have to like you know sometimes it's about who you resonate with in terms of the advice that you get. If that makes sense. For sure. Because I know personally, both you guys, I mean, Fung, me and you've discussed this before. Uh, when I talk about the level of growth I want to go to, you're, you're very good at kind of grounding me and you're like, you know, hey, that's cool. You want to go to that. But you understand that if you do that, it's going to involve like running big teams, having to do this. Are, are you are you prepared for doing that in order to get to that level? Because I know you guys have no desire to do something like that. And I thought about it. I was like, yeah, I do. <laughs> I am, but I guess I guess that kind of falls in line with with uh, definitely what it is that you're trying to go and and grow to and and your uh, your life goals as well. Yeah, uh, I'll kind of piggyback off of Wally on here as far as like you know when you're taking you you do take everybody's advice and you just kind of take what is really good for you and what and how it pertains to what you're trying to accomplish in life. So uh, a lot of people, so a lot of this dynamic for Wally and I. Um, it's because there's two of us, right? And it's that we both have very similar goals on like what we're trying to achieve. And then the things that we build are very like much in tandem, right? As far as like personal branding, family business, crypto community, like the things that we talk about, stuff like that. So that that is where we have an advantage um, when it comes to like this thing, because we're able to balance each other out, right? So 
for instance, you know, with the local networking group and the community there, I take the lead on that because I spent a lot of ground time, like talking to everybody here in the, the local St. Pete area, making those connections. And then ultimately everyone will talk to me about that group specifically. Um, and so, you know, Wally was gracious enough to like, let go of the reins on that. I was like, all right, you run the show on that. You just let me know how I need to slice in. Right. And I was like, all right, perfect. Right. And then we both bounced ideas off of it. And I'm very receptive too of going, maybe my idea is dumb and it's just not the right action to, to take. Right. This is why I'm, I'm grateful for both of you, you know, because I'll just, I'll just go into this whirlwind of ideas and like try to write out the path. And you guys are like, yeah, that's super complicated and i'm like oh yeah you're right you know so uh the benefit being that you know we, we're allowed to to divvy up the the work right whereas for in your case right you're you're a solo guy right that's why i i, I you know kind of talk to you in that manner because i'm like well you don't necessarily have that other person to rely on that is building the other things without you having to worry about it right so you don't have that peace of mind necessarily of, of that partnership someone's like constantly building that thing on the back end with something else with you right so that's that's where we we benefit um and differ from a lot of the entrepreneurs right whereas we're we're technically both solopreneurs but at the same time we're business partners in in both in all of our ventures right so we both get things done at that at that time you know what i mean for sure uh yeah absolutely uh, lone lone wolf lone wolf <laughs> and for those yeah, yeah exactly Stay tuned. Stay tuned into the show. I'll show you guys with uh, uh, some of the results that uh, I've gotten personally, and uh, and and share with you which which action item uh, and, and videos he has on the channel. If you guys want to go through and and see see for yourself if it's worth it or not. Okay. Um, but so cool. So going from priority, you know, next phase, right? Saying no uh, to a fault, right? The the only reason uh, only for a season. So you know, I I, I like I I do like this this concept of going through, he calls them seasons, just like it is like in working out in bodybuilding, right? Everyone has a bodybuilding season. We have a cut phase and a growth phase and all these things. And it goes through like seasons of change in his business where like, if that's something drastic of, you know, wanting to do something like with this one company or move into a different location and just, you know, just, just throwing everything in seasons. Um, I, I also like that he throws the seasons in with things based off of identity. For those that follow my channel, you guys know, I talk about identity a lot. I think identity is everything. I think it's the key thing in sales, um, growth for yourself. So I like that he is always evolving, uh, his own identity, you know, which is his wife and her channel talks about. It's a lot to keep up with, which she likes because he's forever changing himself. Right. But saying no to a fault, which means anytime someone texts you, emails you and calls you, um, that is deemed as a take, they're asking to take your time and your energy. So he even took it as much of as an extreme, like, you know, take like even our dynamic, you know, we, you know, we all talk, um, to changing his phone number just for the sake of people not being able to call, email, text him and, and bug him, you know, just so like he can actually go down and, and, and focus. Right. So, you know, too far and extreme. What do you guys think? You take that. brother. Yeah. Cool. Um, no, not at all. I mean, I mean, I say, I literally tell people that walk up to like, they text me. I'm like, yo, bro, I don't got time for this right this moment. Like, but you know, text me, this is when I have time. People walk up to me in person, like, especially because, you know, from local network, they're like, hey, Wally, can you give me marketing help? And I'm like, no, but like, you know, you can get in the queue or you can like, you know what I mean? Oh, 
can can you sh- can you actually share with everybody the, the the most recent no that you had down at Driftwood with the with Nick? Um, who's oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, share that um, story? Well, it wasn't it wasn't a fitness? It was um, wait, wait, what? Which story? Um, well, he was asking for marketing advice. I didn't ah, know that gotcha. That much. Gotcha. Yeah. So it wasn't a fitness thing. Basically, he has this company uh, or like, company idea, right? More likely, uh, and he's like, "Oh, I wanna I wanna learn how to market my group." Um, and I, you know, I, I didn't tell him no right off the bat. I said, okay, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm consultant. Like talk to me a little bit before, before we like, before I give you advice though. And so I was like, how big is the group? You know, how much have you done? Have you talked to anybody, anything like that? And then he shows me like Instagram page and things like that. He's got like 30 followers, not a lot of traction done. Hasn't really talked to people and doesn't really have anything going on. And so I literally told him in that moment, I was like, I was like, look, man, like, like, you don't have like, you don't have anything yet. Like go and think about it for the next like couple of days. And then, and then come talk to me again, once you've thought about it, but otherwise, like, I don't have time for this, um, at, at this moment. Uh, it's like, I'm not here to grow your business. I'm not here to do all these things for you, but mm-hmm. like, but like, if you will put the work in and get that, get, get the, at the building blocks done, then I'm like willing to talk to you at least a little bit, if that makes sense. Um, for sure. but in terms of like, yeah, I mean, you have to say no, like a lot, if you want to get things done, like there, especially like as you build your network, like people are going to always ask you for stuff. You know, Dylan, if people, people were in your messages asking you for closing help and you answered every single one of those, like how, how much time would you have to actually get stuff done every day? Yeah. It, you know what I mean? Constant. Yeah. You know, and, and I think the dynamic of it is, you know, you feel bad for not responding. You don't want to be, it's, it's being able to really kind of take the emotion. I think that's what people listening are going to really struggle with. Cause I know that's, you know, the case, even people close to you, right? Like, I battle when I see missed calls, even from Fung. You know, I'll be like, I'll be, oh crap, Fung called me like five hours ago. I never responded. I feel like I feel like a horrible person, right? And I always call him back, right? Um, if, if there's, but I always there. respond. I was like, oh dude, you like, don't worry about it. I know you're busy, right? I was just calling in and see what's up. For sure. I mean, and and it comes to you know, interestingly enough, I had someone recently reach out to me that I went to high school with who is um, getting into a new business venture, ran a Kickstarter campaign, just randomly reached out uh, and was like asking for some advice and investment. And, um, you know, I was like, yeah, okay, cool, whatever. I'll, I'll, I'll take a look. So let's do the Kickstarter campaign. And it was kind of one of those, he's brand new to entrepreneurship. There's so many like beliefs that have to be developed. Um, and you know, they're, they're opening a a local like gaming community store, which, I mean, I don't, I don't see why they would do it locally. There's so many virtually. So, uh, I, you know, making a priority just wasn't, I was just so busy. And, you know, just, uh, just cause I told him I would, I, I didn't want to come across as, you know, not making a priority. So I, I wanted to see what, how serious he was as an entrepreneur. So I literally just said, Hey dude, look, looked at it. You know, the video has no epiphany story. Didn't really get the point across. So I just recommended him two books. So for me, engaging it kind of like what Wally said is like, Hey, you're, you're not quite there yet. Um, in those cases, I like to gauge it off of, are they serious? Cause like, I'm not gonna do the work for you. Right. So I was just like, cool, read these two books. When you're done, get back to me. And if you need help, like crafting your story and stuff, I'm willing to help you. And I want to see, will they do it? You know, is it somebody who's going to be like just super needy and time and attention I love that. and ask for a million questions or, Hey, cool, this task. And the reason why I do that is because, uh, Sharon, who, you know, sold a company for a freaking 3.5 billion, you know, gave me tasks, literally just the messaging and everything he said to do. I just did it. I didn't ask a million questions. 
I didn't say, well, how to do this. I just went and figured it out. I was like, cool. I just went and executed. Right. And so I think it's, it's to see what level identity they're at to be worthy of time. I think it's good to kind of throw some tests in there and just give them something to execute on. And I mean, your one, your mentor, Wally freaking, and I, I want to just, that was a, a napkin. <laughs> I, I want to just say right there, you just dropped a huge gold nugget. And I just want to like reiterate that, which is like, like what Dylan explained right there is a really good way to become a mentee of somebody who's actually very successful, right? Think about how many people come up to these people every day. It's like, oh, help me with this. You know, oh yeah, you know, yeah, Sharon, help me with my real estate thing, you know, all this stuff. And it's like, it's like, they'll take the step to give you one task or like one piece of advice just to see if you'll actually do it, right? And if you are somebody that takes action, you'll be one in the, the hundred or a thousand people in the last month that have actually done something with the advice that they gave you. And then they'll be more inclined to want to talk to you. Right. Um, but I think that's a great idea like give, to give tests and things like that to give people's level of commitment because, because like, you're right. I don't, I don't want to like take my time to invest in somebody that's not even serious about their own thing. Like if this is going to be an idea that you talk about and you're never going to like, you know, do anything with this again in a month, then I'm like, like, why did you just waste my time? You know what I mean? For sure. Okay. So cool. So moving into the, the beliefs, right? So a lot of people out there in, in the world, they talk about, this is going to be an interesting one. Um, I kind of like his perspective on this because I, I really suck at this, but um, mindset affirmations, meditation, right? Uh, I know, you know, Fung, you're, you're really into that stuff as well. Uh, me, I'm not a meditating guy. My brain goes a million miles a minute. I probably need it. Um, it's just not, not, it's never been like a thing that I was able to, to implement or even like look into, but you know, his belief is like, you know, screw meditation, just go out, take action, execute, you know, the whole affirmations, he doesn't do it. So what, what are you guys thoughts on the whole affirmations for those listening that are like, cause this is going to be polarizing, right? A lot of people listening to this like, oh no, like affirmations are everything. Right. But you know, in his defense, all he's saying is all the time you guys are putting meditating, doing affirmations and reading and learning about this, you could be just executing on your priority and getting stuff done. Yeah. Right. So, you know, yeah. what, what, what's your take on that? Yeah. So I'll, I'll hop in on this one. Um, so I find that to be an interesting thing because when you, when you say it like that, as far as like affirmations, meditations, breath work, things like that. And like in the brain to most people, what I think happens is that all of a sudden it looks like this itemized list, right? Like it's like this list of things you need to do for yourself. Right. And then it's like, Oh my gosh, like I've never even like even thought about these things before. It's going to take a long time, you know, and then all of a sudden you hit this lot of like self-doubt stuff. Right. So to, to, to switch it up a little bit and, and how I think about meditation and affirmations and things like that. And let's take a minute to kind of go through this. Um, you know, it started off with gratitude. Me and you talk about gratitude all the time. You got to be grateful for the things that you're at. Cause if you don't put that type of like positive type feeling in yourself that you're grateful to be here, then, you know, you're only setting yourself up for like hurt later on. Um, so what I think about affirmations and meditation, I mean, I have notebooks of like affirmations of like, I am this, I am this, I can do this, I have the potential for this, or this stuff like that, right? I think that really comes down to like, what is the story that you're telling yourself, right? You know, it's one thing to be like, I am powerful, I am this, but like, do you really believe that, right? Because it's one thing to continue to say that, and you, I don't think there's that whole thing of like, fake it till you make it, right? Um, I kind of, I, I agree with that in a sense, but it's like, what is the story that you're telling yourself in order to, to try to achieve those things, right? 
like when I meditate or when I, when I go out and meditate, I'm doing active meditation, meaning that I'm doing something physical. So I'm either walking, I'm either like stretching a little bit, but then I'm like, I'm talking to myself and my brain going like, what are your goals? What are your ambitions? Are, are these the things that are really lining up? Is your day to day, you know, lining up to what you're trying to accomplish? Are the things I that you're, you're tackling is doing things? Sorry, I'm gonna, right? yeah, I just, I wanted to reiterate just the one thing you said right there too, because it's like, it's like very important and that is belief, right? Like that's, that's, that's a big pull away for me because it's like the reason that you say affirmations or the reason that you, that you need them or people need them is because their belief system is not at the level that, that it needs to be at so that they can achieve the things that they want. So it's like that reinforcing behavior. It's like, oh, I am worthy. Oh, I am. I can do this. I can. And it's just because your belief level hasn't gotten to the point to where, to where you can actually just come like, it's already in you. Does that make sense? Like, I, I think that that's, that's yeah. kind of the, the reason for affirmations because then it reinforces that belief. And then eventually you, you're like, oh, well now I, I've said it so much to myself. It's like, it's like, it's like now it's a part of me. You know what I mean? Um, so I think that some people need that though. Like, I think that, you know, some people don't just have the level of belief right off the bat. You know, generally that comes from results. You know, you've actually done something, you know, you have a track record, all these different things. And some people don't have that yet. And so that's like the easiest way to get there. Hmm. If that makes sense. I mean, Bobby Axelrod does it. I mean, come on, what more do you, what more do you need? All right. <laughs> yeah, it works right, for him right. in billions. Sure. Um, I mean, so, so here, here's, here's my thought process on it. And, and because I really thought about this when it comes to, um, advanced stuff like meditation and, you know, those, even the therapy sessions, like quote unquote, like let's say Bobby Axelrod does. Um, and, and it kind of goes back to the gym and when I was uh, a runner in high school doing cross country. And so when you get to a certain level in sports, right, you guys know this at, at the top level, everyone's goal is just to get 1% better because that just 1% better is a huge improvement at a high level. Right. But you know, one thing that we used to do competitively when running track and cross country is we would, you know, during competitions, we would wear lightweight shoes, right? Because it weighs like nothing. And, you know, all, all the steps you're taking makes a difference, right? But for people who were just getting into running brand new, who would obsess over like, oh, let me go spend money on an awesome pair of sneakers because it weighs less, right? It's just, it, it's, it's just a little bit of a marginal difference for the level that we were at where it just has an impact compared to somebody who's overweight, never even ran. Like the only thing they should be focused on is running, okay? In, in my opinion, I think same thing with advanced like bodybuilding techniques. Like it's cool that people read articles and they do the techniques of people who want to shred from 10% down to 3%. Right. But for those that are at 30%, they shouldn't be focused on those last trivial things to get there because they're not there yet. That's how I view right or wrong. That's how I think of like meditation affirmations and, the, and those things is like at a specific level of, of, of gaining the compounding of execution to make that marginal difference at a high level competition against like your peers at a high level. I can see that playing into effect. And for me personally, I think, cause I hold that belief. That's probably why I haven't really prioritized it just to be honest with you, because I, I think of that as like, am I, do I really need the, the little lightweight shoes yet? Cause I'm not even at the point where I'm, I'm, I'm running a marathon, you know what I'm saying? So, yep. I mean, I, I don't, I don't know what your thoughts on that, but that's just kind of how I view it. What do you think? I, I kind of agree with that, that, I mean, cause it is like, it, it is things that like increase your performance. Right. But it's not necessarily going to make or break, make or break you. Right. You know, at the end of the day, it's results, the, the result, the actions that you take, the results you get. It's a habit, so, right? The habit of doing it every day is something yeah. you have to build in itself anyways. Right. So if you can't even do a habit of something else, it's, it's just hard for implementation. 
this is literally my biggest problem with like with 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 some of uh, the community people that I meet here in the St. Petersburg area, because because you know I love them to death. They're all great mm. people, but they're all very spiritual at the same time. And so, and it's like the spiritualness is great, and and it does help with the meditation, and you feel aligned, and all things like that. Mm. But like like, are you feeling aligned and being broke? You know what I mean? Like because some of you guys are still broke. Yeah. <laughs> And that, that's a, that's a big indicator of like, right. It's just like, you can, if you don't have the habits and still, which is why I think the affirmations and like using an itemized list, um, like is important in the beginning. Cause if you've never built those habits before, then it makes sense that you would want to be on a slight routine and actually build these things in until you're comfortable going like, Oh yeah, I've done this before. Like I know how to schedule this in, you know, um, those types of things, because I mean, while he's right. I mean, we'll, the, the amount of people that are, one, the people that already like lived here in the St. Pete, and then the people who are moving here, right? They're very similar in that aspect, whereas it's like they get, <laughs> they pretty much get caught in like the idea portion, portion of the things like, oh, what if we did this? Oh, this could be done like this. We should do this, or this is how it could happen. And it's like all the shoulda, woulda, couldas, instead of like, okay, what are you actually doing? For sure. For sure. Yeah. And then obviously with maintaining focus, uh, interesting one here is you can't prioritize, you know, a a lot of people out there say like health is very important for focusing on business, but you know, he talks about how you can't prioritize both. So even though he was already in shape, he worked out minimally and made just business the main focus. So more of like a constant instead of trying to like you know, grow your health and exponential rate and business at the same time. It's not, not possible. So you would just make your health a constant, maybe like once to twice a week instead of like a daily habit, which, uh, I mean, I, I agree with kind of focusing on the work and, and growth first. Uh, and then obviously when you have the, the income that necessary, then you can double down and prioritize health later when you have tons of passive income. Um, I mean, for me, I definitely went back to, you know, what we used to do five hundreds, except 50, uh, 30s, 30s, 30s each. <laughs> so instead of 100 each, I do 30 each. And then I, I, I kill it anytime when it gets to like failure. So I'm sacking that as just my, my daily stuff um, in terms of the diet. Now with, with the diet portion, this is interesting. So let's talk about his $100 million diet. Uh, for those who are out there that are entrepreneurs and go into like, you know, fads, you know, Alex Ramosi calls uh, intermittent fasting, keto, paleo, all these things. Um, just what they are. It's a fad. He says, it's just a way for, for marketers to go and make money. You know, when he has since the age of 15, um, years later has been able to eat, you know, he focuses more on longevity. Can you, can you keep it going for 50, hundred years? Um, and you know, it's his belief that you should just eat whatever you want, like maintain your protein levels, and then you can just have your caloric intake of whatever. Right. And to back it up, he says, Intermittent fasting, you eat less meals, you're cutting your calories by one third. Ketogenic diet, you cut, you cut carbs, you're cutting your calories by one third. <laughs> Anything else that says cut fat, he's like, spoiler alert, you're cutting your carbs by one third. <laughs> so at the end of the day, he's like, they're getting results because you're cutting your carbs by one third. It's just a fat for them to go to sell. Um, I've been implementing what, what he said, like in the videos, you gotta definitely go and check it out. I mean, I've lost, you know, seven pounds in the past like month. And I'm pretty sure I'm gaining muscle mass, which is why my weight's fluctuating because I'm doing the, the body weight. So it's definitely working for me. But what are your guys' thoughts on the $100 million diet? Man, I, I can totally chime in on this one for sure because 
I have struggled with weight loss for so long. Uh, for people who don't know, and to give you context, like I used to, I, I'm just shy of five, six. And at some, at one point in my life, in my early twenties, all into my later twenties, I was about 216 pounds. Um, for, to give that context, right. It's like, if you were to take one of those small golden statues of Buddha and place it right next to a picture of me, it was literally like looking into a mirror. <laughs> it was like looking at twins, right? Like that's how large I was for an individual. So, and then I just, I went on this whole health journey, right? I tried every fad out there, essentially. I went on keto. I went on, uh, you know, lowering my calorie intake. I went on intermittent fasting, changed up my vegetables, like go on a straight, like vegetarian diet, straight, more protein, those types of things. And I kind of agree with Alex Ramosi in a sense, right? It's like you, you keep the, the work, your if you instill like the workout habits, going back into habits, right? And you know that that's what you're trying to do, then you, you can eat whatever you want, really. So I, I've gone on this last four and a half, five year weight loss journey with, uh, with Wally here. And he's seen me where I'm like, I, there would just be some days where I was just like eat cookies and just be like eat random shit. But the next day I go, but I need to work that stuff off because I know in the long term what sugar does for you having like high fat foods and stuff like that. It brings you down, right? It brings you down slowly. Um, it's almost like killing you slowly at the moment, right? It's like if you're eating all that, all those things and not burning it and like replacing like your energy sources, then it, so it, that's why he got heat. Yeah. So what you're saying, right? So like when he did this yeah. video, so those who have context, like he got, well, it was a very polarizing thing, right? So yeah. everyone that's fitness professionals and health and like, are like, you know what the heck you're talking about. There's a difference between this calories of this, of, you know, of sugar versus this, you know, and here's a guy that's like, like, dude, if you need 1500 more calories to meet your goals and you eat freaking ice cream, cool, you know, you know, power to it. Right. But and then there's he, the whole dynamic of like, oh my gosh, but it's sugar, sugar's bad for you and this and that. And there's a guy and everyone's like, oh my gosh, he's a macros bro. Right. So that's what everyone's calling it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Macros bro. There's a term and he has for a it. He has a thing, right? Where he never skips dessert. Like, and you're like, all right. I mean, oh, like he's totally a, like lead by demonstration kind of person. You know what I mean? Like, like you For can't, sure. you know what I mean? Like you, you, you can't have this kind of, he definitely, he might have unique genetics. That's totally. Possible. Oh, he admits it hundred percent. Yeah. Genetics like to yeah. a fall. Like he, I mean, he has good genes. Yeah. I would probably like piss mm. off like 90% of the people here. If, if I, like in my next statement, what I'm about to say here. But I eat fast food like like five or six days a week, and I'm relatively in shape. I look fine, you know. Um, now, granted, is that like the best for my health? Probably not. But I also balance that with I eat a lot of other things that are healthy too. So um, I don't yep. think that it really matters at all. I just think it's more about calories, to be honest. Um, I think that everything is everything in terms of like what people like generally think is a result of marketing most of the time. So it's like, you know, how much of it is actually real and how much of it is somebody can convince you is real so they could sell you a product, right? Cool. Yeah. Which is perfect because that transitions right into selling. So in terms of shift, what's really cool for those that if you guys follow the journey of Hermosi is I think what things were so relatable to him. So he's so authentic about where he is, like in terms of like his identity and he talks about when he changes. So he's had videos where he's had a belief, something's happened and he changed it. Right. And he talks about that. Right. So recently, very polarizing. He uh, got coaching by someone by the name of Grant Cardone. Right. And, um, you know, we're on the subject of selling. Um, 
you know, Hermosi was back in internet marketing world. Right. And then, you know, Grant Cardone talked about, you know, dude, why are you so focused on strategies and frameworks? It's just, it's just volume. Everything's just volume. He's like how he literally asked Hermosi, he's like, how much are you posting on LinkedIn and Instagram and stuff? And he's like, dude, I'm posting like X amount more, more than you. So the aha moment, like the, the knowledge boner <laughs> went off in, in Hermosi's brain. He's like, holy shit. He's right. Like, and he went double down, started posting more on TikTok, more on IG, and his growth has been exponential since then. Right. But the caveat to this is that the more volume and stuff you do, we all know this, especially with those that are, are listening to this coming from the marketing world, that comes across as spammy, right? It comes across as too much. All you're doing is selling. All you're doing is posting and people get pissed off, right? This the, That's the double-edged sword of it that you know you have to get over. It's either volume or, or you quote unquote, build a relationship and you know do it slow. Don't you know give value, 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 jab, jab later, right? Um, what, what did y'all take on the, the sense of, of volume? And, um, and, and also with things like outreach and outbound and all these fun things. So, so I think, I think in terms of, I probably have the most experience with volume, just like in sheer number. I mean, I think over my time with Jason Capital, I probably saw 250 or 300,000 or more chats, um, like sales conversations in chat, uh, and, and like seeing the marketing and like the, the distribution side and everything as well. Um, what I, about I the mean, negative? So the positive is you guys got, you guys got results, right? Yep. A lot, you know, I know a lot of results, right? But yep. was there ever negatives through doing the volume? Oh, hundred percent. So I would say that, I mean, just, mm-hmm. just to preface it by saying this, uh, Dan Kennedy has it best and says, if you don't offend somebody by noon or you don't get an angry message of some kind, you're probably not marketing hard enough. Uh, so I think that that's kind of the, the, also the same context here. Um, dude, so many messages from people, oh man, like you're, you're selling, you're a scammer, like all these different things. And so there was always like, and, and this is like a, like a little peek behind the scenes, but there's like a, a reputation, like management side of the business that that's something that we don't really talk about, but it's something that should be talked about in the digital marketing space as you do volume, right? Um, because people are going to give you flack and then they're going to start reporting your accounts, especially at volume. So if you, if you start developing a stigma, then, then you're, you're going to start seeing some, some like deprecation of sales, essentially. Right. Um, people will come in your chats and they'll be like, dude, like somebody made this TikTok video about you. Here's the link. Like they say you're a scammer. Like, what do you say to this? You know? And so there was a whole, like, almost like lane of selling that I had to develop in Jason's team where it's like, if somebody said you were a scam, then I had, then we had this whole different arc of, of sales process to get somebody to, to say, yes, if that makes sense. Uh, so you're able to turn the resistance and then put a process in place to try to go and overcome it. Yeah, I, I like that. I mean, guys, but that is something that developed. I mean, like, but it had, I mean, it comes up, right? Because you yeah. immediately, the moment of that volume, you're going to get the resistance. So, so it's like, and, and for a while, we even saw a few months where we were like just ticking down in sales and we were like, oh shit, like, you know, what do we do? How do we, you know, how do we fix this? And it's like, it's like, you know, adapting towards that, but it's also like, it's part of the business at the same now, time. Did you, too, did you, right? did you keep the, the gas going or pump it down? Or did you, while you're dealing with the resistance, did you let off the gas a little bit once, once you're kind of getting the negative? No, no, we kept the gas on. We kept the cool. gas on the whole time. Yeah. yeah. Same. Yeah. I mean, I'm for those listening. I mean, you know, there, there's a really good video, um, by Hermosi in, and he did a mastermind on YouTube with uh talking more. And he talks about his, his, his actual outbound 
cold calling strategy, right? Which a lot of people don't like outbound and cold calling. If you listen to my channel, you know, I'm a huge fan. Um, we, we, we definitely use cold outreach and outbound. And, um, I mean, I can attest to doing volume in just terms of cold calling and not relaying in ads. I mean, we've literally cracked 108,000 in revenue last month, complete cold call. I mean, the, the process absolutely works. So if you guys literally can go and just watch that video, he does a three-step system. We use two-step, not going to get into it, but I can attest here on that, that outbound absolutely hundred percent works. Um, and, but again, it kind of ties back into what Fung and Wally were saying in the beginning, it kind of lines in what your goal is, right? His goal for his company of why he added outbound was he wanted to sell it. Right. And no one wanted to buy his company because if you're only relying on Facebook and ads and social media, no, no investor wants to acquire that company because if something happens to your ad account, right? Case in point, this had happened to your mentor, right? Then that revenue is like gone. It's high risk. Uh, so if you can acquire customers at will, like completely cold without relying on social media, that's why he had built it up. So kind of like Wally was talking about, depends on what your goals are. If you're ever trying to build a business, you want to go to sell. You definitely want to have like volume and outreach in that case. Uh, Fung, what's your feedback on that? I mean, I agree, right? I think the volume game is where it's at because, I mean, as you can see too, um, there's only so much you can do with like networking and going out and being spaces. Your time, like your physical time is very limited. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you have 24 hours in the day. And so it's like, how many things can you put out within that 24 hour time period? You know, right now we're starting to get to that point where we're actually producing more content and actually getting things out there because we want to be known in the space. And I think, you know, uh, to your point, when Alex got that, that training from Grant, the, the one thing that I took out of that, my biggest takeaway is like, Grant wants to be known, right? Yep. And it's a volume game for you not to be liked. known. Yep. Yeah, not like, doesn't matter if you're like, mm. you, you you're going to be loved by a lot and hated by more. But, <laughs> you know, like, that's the game. You want to be known because then you want to be the guy that people go to for whatever it is. Yep. I'm just a firm believer when it comes to volume, you know, for those listening to it, if you're going to get in the entrepreneur game and you have an issue with outreach or doing volume or posting too much and people getting like, you know, getting the negative feedback of like, Hey, you know, stop messaging me. Like this is, this is right. Yada, yada. I'm a firm believer that if you believe in your product and service, like if you truly believe that you can help someone get results as qualified, then who cares what people think? I believe it. Yeah. I, I will ditto that because that's literally why I used to train my agents for, yeah. for the sales team, you know, all, all freaking 20, whatever of them. I literally, I would say the same thing. It's like, like, why are you nervous about sending a message? Like we're helping people. So it's like, it's like the fact that you didn't send this message might have stopped XYZ from, you know, finally overcoming that barrier and then, you know, coming into their full evolution as a human. So we'd always use that as a reinforcer for sure. Super, super important. Um, sure. And I think the other one thing I, I was thinking as you, as we we're talking as well, and this is just something that's going on with me and Fung, but it's like, you, you talked about the goals of your business and, and you know, how, what that allows you to do. And one thing we're doing right now is restructuring our offer, right. To, to accommodate a better goal. You know, the original goal or what I originally set up in terms of the structure would have capped us at a little bit less than a quarter million dollar company at the end of the year, but took all of our times, right? And I was like, oh, well, that's kind of lame. That's not really exactly, you know, I mean, you know, with inflation, yeah. the inflation that exists right yeah. now, like there's no way I'm going to deal with that. Like I want, I want way better, like one better 
capabilities, right? So I think about structuring your offer and your business to also accommodate what you want as well as it is super important. For sure. And then uh, finally, one um, on the subject of identity, this is a, this is a juicy one because uh, Fung doesn't remember this. I remember his reaction when I sent him this video, very polarizing topic. Uh, Hermosi did a video talking about why he doesn't go home for Christmas and doesn't see his family. Right. So he talks about um, protecting your identity to a fault. Right. So let me kind of give some context here. You know, for example, right. We know for those that listen to the early days of this podcast, right. Wally's Wally's drug story. Right. You know, I'm pretty sure Fung wasn't very far behind that. (laughs) Well, you know, like back in the day. Right. So for you guys, like getting over like, you know, your past and, and that lifestyle and now changing your identity to what you are today. Right. You know, I mean, I think you used to smoke cigarettes too, right? Fung used to be a smoker. Yeah. Smoked for 18 years, but you don't smoke at all now. Right. Nope. Cool. I don't smoke anymore. You know, so, so his whole thing was for context is every time he goes home to visit family, he's a new today. The Alex Ramosi today is a completely new person identity. Right. You know, used to, used to drink, used to party, do all these things. And every time he's around family, they would say things like, you know, like, oh, you know, you, you, you love to drink or you would do this. And, you know, oh, you're, you're, they would, they would claim and talk about the person that he was. And he, and so to a fault, he would, it would turn kind of heated, right? He'd be like, don't put that on me. I'm not that person anymore. Like to his family, his parents, his siblings, like anyone, anyone close to him to a fault, right? Just say like, don't, you don't, that's not true. I don't, I don't, I don't get angry all the time. You're talking about the old me, like, do not, do not put that on me because in his mind, every time you, you say that and and you receive it, that's them trying to go against the identity that you've put all this time and effort and energy into building to change yourself. But people only remember you because you don't see them that often, right? For those of the past. So they know the old you and not the new you. So just to cut it and alleviate it, he went to an extreme and just said like, cool, I just, I don't go and I visit, I don't visit family for holidays because they always want to talk about the old me and, and don't understand that I'm not that person anymore. And I'm going to do whatever I can to protect my identity. Right now, Fung's perspective was like, absolutely not, you know, family is family, which is, it's just cool. Right. So it's interesting to see that there's a lot of things that people agree with, but for you, it was like, nah, nah, I don't agree with that. That read me the wrong way, which is fine. You know, no one has to believe with everyone's beliefs, but give your perspective on that. And, and let's kind of talk about both sides. Yeah. Um, there's actually really, because yeah, I did get heated when you sent me that video and stuff like that. Like I watched it all the it's way polarizing, through, you know, hundred percent. Yeah. Cause so for me, um, in particular, I just, you know, I have a shaky pass, you know, I, I did deal drugs and things like that and, uh, worked at a corporate job, you know, I had different types of friend groups running in different types of areas. Like, wow. So, you know, living a white collar lifestyle and then not their drug dealing right? There's two different types of like feels, right? So you're getting pulled in different directions. And then at the time, right, my family only saw me like, like I was partying all the time, right? Because I was a college dropout and do any of this stuff. Like I I wasn't like actively trying to like go and get certifications and go like go towards my career like I am now, right? That's because I was such a, such a younger person. I just didn't understand. And at the time I was just, I was just really dealing with this imposter syndrome type thing, right? And so I remember going through this initial portion of my, my life very well because of like when I really took the stance, I'm like, I'm going to make better decisions in my life um, 
but I want to include my family in that because ultimately at the end of the day, right, these, this is my blood. They're going to support me no matter what. And just because my family triggers me in certain instances does, doesn't mean that I, I, that it triggers me so much that I can't handle it. Right. That I snap on them going like, that's not me anymore. Not going to do this anymore. Right. That's not my life. And I go, okay, cool. Like you do remember me and that's like, but have you recently seen the things that I have been doing? Right. So I, I take it more of a different standpoint. I remember having this discussion with my mom for a while, for like a long time. I was 26 years old. I'll never forget. Um, sitting, I was sitting to dinner with my mom and I was hanging out and she just, just remember asking me, what are you doing with your life? Right. What's going on and things like that. Right. She's like, are you still partying? You're still drinking? Are you still all this stuff? And at the, when I was 26, I had just made a decision that I was cutting all that stuff out, right? I was going to make a lifestyle change because I wanted to, to experience something different. When I, where I was going was going down the wrong path, right? And so I'm about this, this phase now of like being transparent and openness, honest communication, right? Because I think if you're able to do that, and if you, this is, benefit of hanging out with all these spiritual guys right and you accept and feel those feelings that happen right there but then you're able to communicate going like this is like how my life is now then it's a little bit easier conversation so for my mom when she was asking me all those hard questions about like what are you doing like what's your, your goals and things like that I, I had to take a step back and go say I, I remember telling mom i'm i'm trying to make my life better and i said i don't know how that's going to work i just need you to be here for me and a lot of the times what I forget is that I treat you like my mother, when in reality, you are an individual and a person with feelings. So you only know, you only want what's best for me because you're my mom and I'm your child, right? But I was like, if you look at me as an individual, like just like how you would in business, how you look at your clients, your customers or anything like that, right? You give them a little leeway and time to, to work through those things, right? It's like we we work through these issues and able to fully communicate. Had I not done that, I would not have the relationship that I have with Wally Kern, right? I would not have someone always fighting in my corner and I wouldn't always be fighting in his corner, right? At the end of the day, right, if, you're, if you really wanna walk the, wor the, the world alone, stuff like that, then you're gonna walk the world alone. That's, that's like how you wanna live it. But I didn't, I, for me, I chose not to do that. I wanted to include my family, right? And then it's taken work. I would have multiple conversations of like, um, so it goes back to like your inception of sales, right? All I've done for the last like six years was plant seeds, right? Incepting, 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 because it's like, I need them to break that thought pattern of me. And I know it's going to take time. So I was willing to go, it's going to take some time for this to like plant and like see through. And I have to be okay as an individual to take the heat take the triggering and deal with it in my own way so that way i can be a better communicator so that way i can include my family in these things right like i i don't like that whole like um sacrificing and, and disconnect right like not necessarily something has to die something just gets reprioritized for sure what's interesting about that is uh it's, it's really cool so like one of the things that hermosa talks about on the channel is that going to certain levels and always changing um, the only things that hold people back, it's, it's always something to do with a character trait or a belief mechanism, right? These little minute beliefs that we hold on to, what can deter somebody from 
going to your next level. Like for example, right. If you believe, Oh no, doing volume and stuff is, you know, it's going to piss people off. It's spammy. That one little thing can hold literally hold somebody back from doing volume and making money. Right. Just that yep. one little belief. And a key thing that you said that I, that I realized that was different than him, your belief that you hold on to is family is blood blood is blood. Right. And then by his standpoint, which is so interesting, I caught that is that he's like, we're already so fucking diluted from our ancestors and a hundred years from now, it's going to, you know, the, the, the bloodline that everyone wants to build is going to go down and, and, and not even be a thing. So for him, it's just, he doesn't hold on to the blood is blood belief. Like at all. It's just like, and eh, we're all connected from, from, you know, thousands of years of other people anyways, it is whatever, but it's just so, it's so interesting that, that one, yep. that one shift, right. Think about the two dynamics. If one human being believes blood is blood, right. Then they're like, no, that, that belief is so powerful enough to hold somebody to be like, I'm going to work with my family. I would never be aggressive. I want to keep that relationship versus someone that's like, ah, fuck it. Like we're all, we're all connected. Blood isn't blood, which is why he doesn't care about you know, putting his foot down and saying, no, don't put that on me. It's just really interesting to see that perspective, which is a huge, you know, knowledge born moment for all those on there, right? Choose your beliefs wisely. You don't have to, there's no right or wrong, whatever you hold on to in terms of what you believe um, it, it is what it is, right? Like mm-hmm. you, you believe, money doesn't grow on trees. Yeah. Think about how powerful that one belief can hold somebody back in a scarcity mindset versus somebody else. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, Wally, what's your thoughts on this? Um, so, so my experience with my parents is very, very interesting because, because, uh, you know, I actually had to deal with the legal system. And so I'd be, so I, I kind of had the whole downfall, so to speak. Right. So I went from, Hey, you know, uh, you know, very high achieving student, like doing well in school, wanting to be a doctor, that kind of thing. And then I go, I, you know, propulsed to now I work at a, you know, restaurant and I work in the back and the front and, work, you know, 12, 16 hours a day and, you know, just, just busy, just a whole different gambit. Right. Um, so I remember when I, when I was first like starting to like become an entrepreneur and like, it's like, all right, like I want to learn marketing. I want to go do this stuff. Um, my mom was like, you know, used to give me all kinds of shit. Like, dude, it's just like, Hey, when are you going to get a job? What are you going to do with your degree? Like all these, all these different things. And I remember, um, like for a while I took, I just took it. Right. Because I was like, you know what? Like, I understand you're my mom. Like you know, you're, you're justified in feeling certain ways. And I haven't proven to you that, that I, I can do something different yet. So I have to eat whatever it is that, that you're going to give because there's, I have nothing to stand on. You know what I mean? I like that. Um, so you just, you're going to take those punches because you know, it was well-deserved until you've earned the right to get otherwise. Yeah. So yeah, I, I took the beating hundred percent, whatever. And I remember even like, you know, and, and it started wearing on me probably like, like a year in or like just, you know, every week or so just like wearing on me. And I remember I sat down with my mom and I said, Hey mom, like, like, I understand that you want the best for me. And I, and I totally get that. And I'm not upset at you for wanting that. But what I am upset about is, is you picking topics of friction for us every time we talk. And so what that's doing to me is it's making me feel like I don't want to talk to you on the phone. And that's like the last thing that I want. I want. You know what I mean? So it's like, it's like what I want for us going forward is, is I want you to leave me alone in these specific categories of my life. Or I'm just not going to talk to you. I'm just like, like I'm not going to respond to, to what, what you have to say. And I remember it took her a little bit of time to kind of go on that. And I, I would be on the phone with her and she would bring up a topic. And I would just literally not respond. I would just, just silence on specific things. And then eventually she would just start to like not talk about this. 
Yeah, and to, to piggyback on that real quick, like that that right there to a parent or to a sibling or to someone that you're close with or trying to be close with is like death. It's like worse than death, right? You got nothing to say. You won't respond to me and I'm sitting here talking to you. Like that took a heavy hit on my mom. My mom being such a vocal person in life. <laughs> you know, our mom very, very vocalizes her opinions and things like that. But like, I remember this conversation, like, or, or I remember this instances actually, because um, my, my mom would call me after something happened to check on him, making sure that he was good and stuff like that. And I was like, and I told I remember telling mom, I was like, mom, you just gotta respect his decisions on like how you're doing, just like you're doing for me, right? On certain conversations and topics, you just gotta, you gotta respect those things because just like we're trying to give you the respect of like what you've done in life too now, right? Like we're just learning, you know? But now it's great. It's like, I remember I drew that line with her and then, you know, and then it, it, was, it was like, it was a little bit of friction. Like we didn't talk for a few months. So that, that was like a little bit of a thing, but then, you know, at, at the end of the day, like your, your parents love you and the people around you, they, they love you, right? They want, they want the best for you. Now I'm not going to say that the same for every situation. At least I'll talk about from my experience. So, so if they actually do support you, what they're going to have to do is realize that, that your identity or your, your, you yourself are different than you were before. And if they really care about that relationship, they're going to come, they're going to come around. Right. Or they're at least going to like, like try, if that makes sense. And I will take an yeah. attempt. I will take an attempt rather than a no, if that makes sense. <laughs> no, absolutely. I mean, that's, that's, I mean, you basically just in a very nice way, let her know like, Hey, this is how I'm feeling because of this. And, you know, you kind of eased into it, right? If, if this keeps happening, this is going to be the result. And, and, and then rather than making a drastic change of like, just no contact, you let in with silence so that she understood that, okay, wait a second, when I bring up this topic, no response, complete cutoff is possible. <laughs> I get the point. So that's, that's, that's pretty, that's pretty genius. Cause you, you know, there's like little baby steps of like, okay, wait a second, he's serious. And uh, rather than just going straight, straight, cold cutting. Um, yeah. I like that. Because like you got to give them, you got to give them the ability to, to, to adapt. Right. Because I'm not going to like, I'm not, I don't, I'm not going to be like hard cut off for no reason. Like I didn't, I didn't give you the expectations from me. Right. So why, so why am I expecting you to, to know these things and know where the line is and that kind of stuff? Like it's, it's my job to, to come forward and tell you, Hey, here's where my line is. And, and I'll let you cross it once or twice, but you know, like you get the feeling of what happens when you do that. And that's, it's like, it's like tasting the medicine, so to speak. Yeah, for sure. Like mine was a way more than that. Like, so the, uh, we all dealt with the friction and entrepreneur of like, are you doing this? Like what's happened? You're supposed to make all this money and blah, blah, blah. We told you this is a mistake, yada, yada. And it just weighs and weighs. And, uh, you know, I finally eventually had to have that conversation where, you know, the, it would just always get brought up. And I literally just told my mom on the phone, I'm like, listen, it's just, just draining. Like every time that comes out of your mouth, it's just always negative when it comes to this. I'm trying to focus on, you know, getting my goals and stuff. And like, if we're going to talk, like it needs to be not this, because if it's always going to be this way, then I just don't want to talk to you. It's like flat out. I just told her, like, if you, if they keep this up, like I'm just going on silence mode, I'm not going to talk to you anymore. And uh, after that though, it was, it was cool because there was no easing. I just kind of set it down and was like, I'm done. <laughs> like, do not bring, do not bring these subjects up. Um, and yeah, yeah. And actually it worked. To your point though, it like, sometimes it needs to happen like that, right? Each situation is unique in itself where people think that there's like this cookie cutter way of communicating. Like, 
no, there's not a cookie cutter way of communicating. You just have to be willing to communicate that, right? And it's like, you're just for me knowing you, right? You're and, and knowing some of your family, you being direct is the, it's like sometimes is like the best option because they're, because they're the ones that's always like, you know, beating around the bush or tiptoeing around the idea and stuff like that. And like, here's, here's what we're alluding to in this conversation. You're like, no, I need you to like not do that. <laughs> Sometimes that directness needs to happen. All right. Last gold nugget for everyone that's tuning in today. This is going to be a, this is going to be a good one. Um, masterminding and events, books, the, the whole, the whole shebang, right? A lot of people kind of get caught into going to events all the time, doing masterminds, reading books and all this. And, you know, he's a firm believer that, you know, he went to, so he did masterminds and events for about 18 months. And, you know, he got all the education he needed and then he just stopped going, right? He just cut it. He's like, all right, I don't want masterminds anymore. I don't want events that I don't, I don't need it. All I, the only thing I need to be focusing on right now is just execution. You don't, he's like, you don't need more education. You just need to execute, right? Same thing with books, reading 150 books all the time. He's like, that's dumb. Just read whatever you need. Just take the gold nugget go and implement it. Why are you going to just read a ton of extra books with, and do nothing with it? It's pointless, right? Which I agree with that. Um, but you know, as it's interesting for someone in y'all's case, right. As, as running events constantly, um, whether we agree with that or not, you know, the caveat is, you know, if, if in y'all's case, if someone were to go to your events and they're actually, were able to go and like implement it. And then they're like, okay, cool. Like fun. Well, I got everything I needed from the event and I'm ready to just go and, you know, do, do my, do my skit. Don't that out there now. No one knows about it yet before this is plugged in there skits. Um, and you know, running with it, but now they're not showing up to the events anymore. Right. So what, what do you guys think about the masterminds and events? Just content, consistently go or, Hey, get the gold nuggets. Once you have the education, cool. Don't need any more execution time. So, I so I, okay. I, 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 I'm gonna go first. Yeah. Yeah. Let me, let me hit this one for sure. I think that mastermind events definitely, I, I'm almost in the same alignment because you do need to attend some and you do need to attend a good bit to get, get an idea of like what marketing events are like, what, what, what kind of opportunities you can get. And, and like, just to understand the scope of, of what's available to you. Um, now in terms of, in terms of like the actual tangible information, like I'll, I'll just be straight up from my standpoint, like, like I got a lot of value the first, you know, year or two years that I went, but like increasingly less, less valuable as, as I go now, if that makes sense. And at least from like a, like a knowledge standpoint, like, I don't necessarily like learn much more. I might get like one gold nugget or maybe two gold nuggets at an event now where I'm like, oh man, like that was really cool. I should think about implementing that or, or something like that. Right. So I do think that there's, there's definitely imbalance. Um, it depends on what your goal is. Right. I don't think Alex or Mosey necessarily cares to go network with a bunch of people. He's just like, I'm going to call a bunch of people and sell them shit. Right. So I think that that's like, his goals are a lot different as well. So, so for me, like I, I, I view networking and marketing, like, like kind of the marketing events kind of together now where it's like a place for me to meet people, a place for me to go and like, like actually develop relationships, but not necessarily like, I'm not necessarily going there for information anymore, if that makes sense. For sure. I mean, that makes sense. I mean, same thing Grant Cardone talks about, right? He's like, you know, be out there networking event because his, his mindset is who has my money? Like who, who can I get connected with to build that relationship with yep. that's going to help fund another deal or, or introduce me to the next person, which is the only reason why I go is not necessarily get education and go. Mm -hmm. So your standpoint is like, definitely still agree with going to events, but make it more about networking and building yeah. those relationships. 
perfect example. And so that, that's my personal standpoint, but I'll give you like an inside scoop. I went to a mastermind in Puerto Rico, one of Jason's masterminds mm-hmm. and uh, Kevin David was there. Right. Um, you know, Kevin David, he's, if anybody doesn't, we've talked about him a lot. Jason, Dylan has done sales for him, built teams and that kind of stuff. We've talked about trained, a lot of this. I trained all top closers who make like $30,000 a month in commissions trained by me. Accurate. <laughs> Accurate. And I can vouch for that. Like we, we know their names. I could show you a screenshot anyway. <laughs> um, but, but so Kevin David was there. Right. And, and he, you know, Kevin David, he's made like eight figures. Like he doesn't necessarily need to, to attend a mastermind. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so whenever he was there, I, I asked him the same thing. I was like, yo, well, like, what do you do these for? Like, what do you care? And, uh, and he literally said, he's like, look, I'm here for the one gold nugget. Right. He said, at my level, at my current business, I already know how systems work and how everything operates or whatever. But see that one gold nugget that I learned in a mastermind room, that might make me $3 million this year. He said, I'm down to make $3 million this year. So I will fly <laughs> over here to make sure that I attend this place to make sure that I, that happens. <laughs> That's interesting. Yeah. Uh, I know uh, kind of what you guys were saying earlier too, depends on like what, what your goals are and like, and, and what it is that you want to accomplish, like in life. I remember when we were on Kevin's team and we knew just from adding outbound to it, how much revenue was coming in and we can literally do the math. We're like, Oh my gosh, like, I think we can, we can really ramp this up to like the next level in the next couple of years. And, uh, he goes, no, 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 I have no desire to do that. I remember being on zoom. I was like, wait, what, why, why would you not want to keep growing and scaling? He was like, dude, like the amount of systems that would be required to go to that level and, and time required to get the like right people. He's like, I, I have my car, like I have my health, like I have, I have my house. I live where I want to live. I'm enjoying life. How I want to live it. Like that would take away from that. I have no desire to, to even try to go to that level. So he literally, I respected the fact that he knew what he wanted. Right. And, and I think that's the big takeaway here is just really understanding what level does you want to trying to get to um, in terms of like, you know, time commitment. Not everyone wants to be the billionaire Dan Pena where his own daughter has to book a call with him just to have a conversation because he's working all the time, right? Some people just don't want that lifestyle and I get it, right? But uh, on that subject of that, uh, Fung, what were your thoughts? I mean, yeah, so I, I kind of agree uh, to an extent, right? Uh, I actually had to address this um, essentially at my my last event, right? The event that we hosted in our local group, right? Um, I think it was beneficial for me to go to events um, and masterminds in the beginning stages of my career because I need that environmental exposure, right? Having environmental exposure, I think, is probably one of their, the key takeaways on, like, going to events or networking groups because you're at least in a room or an environment where people are kind of ambitious. They're passionate about what they're doing, or at least they're trying in that, in that fashion, right? And then as you go to more, you'll eventually go, you'll just go and get gold nuggets from those things. And then, um, and then it goes back to ultimately to the individual, right? Like at what point in time is going to enough events or enough masterminds is enough, right? Like at what point in time are you going to start taking action and doing those things yourself? Right. So uh, the, the message that I addressed in my local networking group and this was, this is like, because um, so I had an issue. So to give people context, I had an issue with an individual that was in there. We'll name names. But what he was doing was just coming and attending my networking group and then scheduling meetings with people and then trying to convince them to partner with him to build his business. He broke the golden right. rule of the event. What? That's broke the golden my, rule. 
Right. He broke my one rule was to not sell or recruit people in the networking group. And you had to ask two questions. How can I help you currently? And who are you looking for? It gives you just a, a good insight on your business from someone you've never talked to before. So my main message in the last group was like, the reason why you come to this group, to this community is to grow your business, not build it. You are solely responsible for building the things that you got to get built. You come to these events in order to connect and grow, expand your knowledge and ideas. So that way you can go take action and execute, right? And if you collaborate, great, that's great. But if you go into these things thinking that you're going to recruit somebody or make a sale or something like that, you're sorely mistaken. No one's going to want to do business with you. Like, yep. hands down, you know? So uh, me and Wally talk about this. So it was like, I think it was like after the first year of me, like, going to events with Wally and I was just like all right cool like so what do we do so then me and Wally started having discussions about when we would go to events and then ultimately came down to this one thought process of like when I go to an event or I go to a mastermind what is the outcome that I'm looking for when I attend this right and so our goal when we go to events typically is goes I need to make one friend that's either in the space with me or that's killing it in a different space and I need to connect with them Right. I just need to go make a friend because then you build that camaraderie part and you build that connection with people in the entrepreneur space. Like, oh shit, I am not alone, but I, there's someone over here who's crushing it. How can I provide value to them? How can I be their friend? And then how can we maybe like grow something together one day? And so that's how I look at like masterminds and events now is that you come in and grow and connect people and like bounce ideas off you and go, oh my God, I've got something really good. This one gold nugget is actually what I was looking for, but also made a front. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Well, in terms of uh, uh, topics of uh, Alex Ramosi, you know, in terms of like, is he legit? Does his advice work? 100% absolutely. <laughs> like it's uh, definitely oh, safe from taking the advice of, of uh, doing volume, um, uh, making minor tweaks or outbound process, uh, nothing but success. And um in, in terms of dieting, I've definitely been getting results from the diet easy for me to stick with, which I love because I'm not like stressed out anymore. Um, but you know, key takeaway, uh, definitely look into Hermosi. I highly recommend his book called hundred million dollar offers. That book is fantastic. You know, kind of another yep. gold nugget he talks about is actually making a good product. <laughs> if your product is good. It'll, it'll sell itself without worrying about everything else. You know, he's, he's always like, have a good product and everything else doesn't matter. Then you don't have to stress over marketing because the product's so good, which a lot of people don't really focus on. Definitely recommend his book. Um, I think it's like 99 cents on Amazon, made it very, very affordable. Um, in terms of belief, big takeaways from today's uh, episode is definitely understand like where you stand with certain beliefs and the family dynamic versus like your peers on, on towards your goals. And if you hold on to, to the, the dynamic of, of keeping those relationships, then obviously value it. You don't have to agree with everything that every other entrepreneur out there says in the terms of the belief standpoints that they hold on to, right? But just take away the good stuff, which is obviously being aware and protecting your identity. Fung and Wally gave some good ways today to do that, right? Being able to, instead of just being cutthroat and putting your foot down, you can still protect your identity by just expressing your concerns with your family members and those close to you and letting them know how it's affecting you. You know, the importance of, 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 not having that resistance and still keeping that relationship strong, whether you agree or disagree with it in terms of business, obviously definitely saying no, saying no is going to be very, very important still to be able to help and maintain your focus. Even if 
it's a little bit difficult for the, the backlash of, well, they're not giving me attention, right? Definitely respecting your time, um, doing in volume, uh, family first, definitely, uh, agree with the anti-routine. Uh, if you guys have not checked out Hermosi, check it out. And uh, Hermosi, you know, shameless plug. If you ever watch this, we'd love to have you on the show. <laughs> I'm going to use my backend channels of uh, connections and mentors to try to make this happen anyways. So hopefully for those tuning in the show, I'm going to do my damnness to make this happen for you. And you know what? When we claimed it before on the show, for everyone that's we listening, did it. We, we did, it with Jason. did it every yeah. single time. And you guys yeah, got to go back to the earlier days up to his event where we said live here on the channel that we were going to make it happen. It was our only mission. And then lo and behold, afterwards, uh, ended up making it happen. So I'm going to do my damnness to try to get uh, Hermoji on channel. To, so go ahead. To your point right there, right? Right before you get, we were at an event and you, both of you came up with an outcome from that event. We yeah. want this guy on our show and it made it happen. Yeah. The leveraging I did to make that happen was Ninja too. Cause funk, cause this isn't while he was on stage. So he had no idea. And uh, I was like in back channels, like networking with everyone, like on his team and being like leveraging like names and then finally got to the decision maker of his calendar. And I was like, all right, we're good. <laughs> Boom. Practice, practicing what I preach uh, in terms of my, uh, my methods and sales and just leveraging it <laughs> the same way yeah. that it happened. And uh, yeah, that episode absolutely killed it, crushed it. Uh, definitely um, go to Apple, Apple Podcasts, search up Knowledge Boner Experience. Just type in Jason Capital, guys, and, and check out that interview. Really, really good episode. And uh, so I hope, hope this was valuable. Hope there's a lot of Knowledge Boner moments for you there. And uh, hopefully we get him on the, on the channel. We have some other good special guests lined up uh, for uh, a mastermind that I'm in as well. Can't wait to have those guests here on the show. And um, yeah, hope everyone has a fantastic week. And we'll catch you guys on the next episode of the Knowledge Boner experience. Thank you guys. Peace. Thanks for having us.